album, album, <laughs> album club. All of these are depictions of bands, and then you've got to try and get the band. On the puzzle that you're doing? Yeah, so for instance, if you look here, it's people having a jam inside of a clam. It's Pearl Jam. Oh, <laughs> is that Jackson 5, the 5? What's that? Jackson 5. I was thinking it was the band 5 who had a noughties hit with the cover of Tragedy. But yeah, that makes more sense. Wait, but what is it? It's a five on a cloud? What is that? It's a, it seems to be a five on a desert island. Just a five in the middle of the sea. On a desert island. Take five is a good yeah. famous jazz song, but that doesn't... That's it, five. All I can think of is five. And some of them are really obscure. Some of them are really easy. So like, there's a picture of the queen dancing. It's queen. A dog in an ice cream van. And I've no idea. Is the, the dinosaur just, just, just like T-Rex or, or Dinosaur yeah. Jr.? They're both bands. I think T-Rex because I think it's like a British. I don't think. Who gave you that puzzle? Was it, was it like, like, a, like for Christmas? Uh, yeah, Emma and Doug. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah. So I've been coming home every day from work this week. And just sat here by myself, just so <laughs> And I love it. I genuinely have really? enjoyed it. At the start, I was like, "This is shit," but I'm going to do it because Emma got me it for Christmas. But Did now you like I'm start like, with the corner yeah. pieces and everything. The first two days I spent was doing the border, and I got at every border bit, but two pieces for about three hours. I couldn't find the border piece. You know, my sister once uh, got like a puzzle and spent, you know, like ages doing it, like a week or whatever. And she finished and there's one piece, there's one piece left that d- didn't fit. So uh, she, you know, she, she just got uh, in a final piece and then she wrote to the, the company and she's like, what the hell? Like, I'm missing a piece. And they're like, yeah, that happens. We can't do anything about, <laughs> about it because apparently like they're all, they're all cut differently. And so like, mm. you can't just order another piece. <laughs> Could they not send her a new one? I mean, she'd have to start all over again. Johnny, have you seen Matt's uh, jigsaw puzzle? Yeah, I've seen his little um, (laughs) headset, though. Are you commentating on the Arsenal game after this? Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, I'm live here from, where is it, the Emirates? Oh, but check out the jigsaw, mate. Um, Monday playing order changed. So the Monday's in green, so I think that's uh, green day. And then yeah. happy Mondays, I think, as well. Yeah. You put some thought into this, haven't you? Oh, I meant to be doing this with Claire, but she's on night shifts. <laughs> Just pretend like you don't know the answers. 18 plus 23. Yeah, that I don't get at all. No idea. It's 41, I think, isn't it? Yeah, Sum 41, my friend. Oh, Sum 41. Johnny Cooper. There's a reason. What about the guy falling out of the cubicle? That's a pretty good clue, actually. Sum 41. Um, Fallout boy. Fallout boy. Why is it it in like like a porta potty? Because the the, the whole scene's a festival. It's 101 (laughs) hidden artists to find. How many have you found then? Uh, I found a Claire. What's up, Claire? Stop doing the puzzle. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> All right, we can uh, we can leave that for you too. All right, do you guys want to talk about some of these albums? Go on, Matt. Why don't we start with Duranda? To be honest, I'd when we had restarted this, I'd completely forgotten. I'd suggested that why I picked it. I don't know. It was just what I was listening to at the time, and I thought it was quite good and something different and a bit random. How did you even find out about it? I was watching a show that originally was meant to be called Scrotal Recall. I've seen Scrotal Recall. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know the guy with the chlamydia? I haven't seen it. Like I, I was kind of passively watching it with my cousins, but yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it might have been in that. It was either that or YouTube. And uh, uh, I thought it was a catchy, a catchy, uh, catchy album. Which song was it in Scrotal Recall? Didn't I? That's the song that has like the most listens by far. Yeah, that's the, the best song. I thought it was weird that that song was the most popular because it's kind of weird and like esoteric. It's not like a... The rest of the album has a lot of kind of cool, funky songs. But that one's kind of just this weird floaty thing, light and airy. But that's what I quite like about it. It's just a bit like very easy. What did you think about it? About what? About Durando. The album, rather than that song. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was all right. No, I quite, I quite liked it. The guy has a nice voice and the yeah. songs are quite varied, which was nice. Great to be very samey. Yeah. Yeah, I can get that. Well, it was all samey, you said? No, no, I said it wasn't, which is what I liked. It's weird that it was, um, it says 2005, because it was all from the 70s, right? Yeah, that's not a 2005 album. It was released in 05, but I think it was all of it was like recorded in the 70s. Yeah, that it was album. only released in 2005. Yeah, because it's a collection oh, no. of all these recorded songs. They have a little bit about it on Apple Music. It, I was reading about it. Said that a record collector found his collection and it only really been released as singles. So this guy put all the songs together as an album and helped to get released. And that's why 2005 or whatever it was. You know what's funny is, um, you know the song, My Mama and My Papa? So I was in Abu Dhabi and my parents were like, why don't we go for a drive as an I'll drive? Because um, I was kind of going to take the car for like a week or so. So they, they wanted me just to kind of like, you know, get accustomed to it. So I basically like got in the car and drove them kind of further out to one of, one of the islands. And then I'm driving and then that song comes on. And it's just literally me driving with my mom and dad in the car. And the music's like, I love my mama. Wait a minute. And then it's like, I love my papa. <laughs> like, this is so awkward. <laughs> and like, no one's saying anything. So I think I just had to like change the song. I don't know if they noticed, but I, I felt so, I felt so awkward. <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Why did you, why did you hate your parents? <laughs> I don't hate my parents. It, it was like a weird, like, I thought it was funny. I think it would have been so funny if you just, at the end of the song, just went, I don't actually. <laughs> I'm driving. <laughs> or just be like, that song's for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which car were you driving out there? Uh, my mom's car, the the white uh, Jag SUV. Yeah, is that it? the F Pace? Is it? Uh, yes, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice Ooh. car. That they did to drive. I loved it, and then when I went back to like my shitty Ford Fiesta, I'm like, oh, I used to love my Ford, but now, <laughs> like, yeah, Jack. Your Ford was nice though. You've done some pretty fancy modifications. Great paints. I can't afford anything else. No, oh, you just you put in um, hydraulics, mate. I did not. Yeah. I just I literally just spray painted the interior plastic, just pulled it out and spray, sprayed it and put it back in. My favorite song by far was "I Want Your Love So Bad." That oh, one is yeah. so nice crazy. One. He has like the yeah. most ridiculous harmonies. Everyone's just going like ooh, and all these weird chord changes. I think I was listening to it again yesterday. I think it, the song like chromatically ascends. It's kind of hard to tell because so much is going on and it's so busy. That song gets me grooving, yeah. It's it starts at like kind of normal and then just right away, it just gets so weird and I love it. Gets you yeah, grooving. It's, it does get me grooving that song. Yeah. Also sends you back in time. It's it's like Jeez. one of the weirdest songs I've ever heard, to be honest. It's one of the reasons I kind of uh, I picked it. I thought you'd find it weird. I want to love so bad, baby. By the way, I, I don't know why I made this joke, or not even a joke, just a lie. Liam has n- probably never heard of this album. I, I had to look back. I couldn't actually find how to spell his name. So I had to go back through the WhatsApp group and find how to spell his name by looking up the letter D. I can't, <laughs> like an like 100,000 entries. In- yeah. You know how often D is used, man? It's just, it's like every sentence. That anyone messages. Something else I thought was funny is how he dedicates uh, how I got over to like all the women out there. He's like, I like to dedicate yeah. this song. <laughs> was, was I really was funny. just listening to that song before we started, and it just makes me laugh. Want to dedicate the song? Yes, I do. To all the women out there, helping a man get up.
Let My People Go was quite, I don't know, just introduce, introduce it. But Didn't I is actually my favourite. I quite like floating, Zach. The airy floating song. I think there might be um, a woodwind instrument in that. And then in How I Got Over, I think I even heard a, like a xylophone on a glockenspiel. I know what a xylophone is. I don't know what a glockenspiel is. I think it's just a wooden xylophone because I remember Miss, Miss Dallas in music class would always like mention that. And I'm like, why is That's this instrument so popular? Like, does it really need its own name and like a really intricate name? Oh, Dallas. She taught me how to play in the jungle on piano. <laughs> That's Miss Dallas. If anyone wants to contact her for piano lessons, please call and contact Zach. Hey, Jack. What was your favorite song, Johnny, on the album? Probably Let My People Go or Listen to My Song. <laughs> Listen to My Song. That's a interesting choice. Uh, I think it was more towards the yeah, I like the vocal hook in it. It's also a very demanding title, which I liked. Yes, I, I, I think that is a, a reason why I'm disappointed I forgot it. Listen to my song. So I obeyed him, I did, and I quite liked it. summary of this album do you give it a good all right meh bad awful or great i would say i would give it a good it's not really up my alley that much but i liked how weird some of it is and that was where i thought the album was best when it gets really weird um and funky i thought some of the songs were a little bit safe like the title track i thought could have been it could have gone more places but i like kind of zany weird things like you know dedicates a song and Everything that's going on, and I want your love. And legs was a lot of fun. All these really cool, like brass samples. That song, actually, I thought it's been sampled. Have I not heard that somewhere else? A hook? Well, you can go on whosampled.com and see. It probably would have been on Wikipedia or something. Or you could just go on whosampled.com. Like I've got to say them at least three times uh, an episode. Who? Sampled. <laughs> I thought Collider with a K was our, our, our sponsor. They're one of them. Yeah, and, and Heineken. Last few, so. Have I ever told you about the story when I was working in a shop where, like, an off license, and someone came in and was like, "Oh, I went to Amsterdam and they were drinking this beer. Like, they drink over there. They drink this beer. Oh, what's it called? It's like a Dutch. It's like the, It's like a traditional Dutch. But it was Heineken. I was so angry. Green can guy <laughs> being like, "What's this niche?" Dutch beer you've got. Have you got any niche Dutch beer? And got Heineken. You probably didn't want to say that because it would make you seem stupid. Well, if he just asked for Heineken. I can't see any samples for legs, but Listen to My Song was sampled by the Avalanches. No way. It's not that surprising, though. (laughs) They sample like fuck on every album. 
every song has got like 50 samples. Uh, oh. Didn't I has been sampled in 47 songs. Well, someone should take that sample from Legs and make a song from it because that would be pretty cool. Right for the taking. What do you think is the most sampled song ever? That's a question. It's a, uh, it's a drum break from an old James Brown song, I think. And that's the answer. But it's in an unbelievable amount of songs. Got Matt's answer. 1960s track called Amen Brother by the Winstons is the most sampled track in history with... Over 2,000 songs have sampled a particular drum beat. There we go. That. And now we've sampled it. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should sample that over the top of your intro, Matt. Which album do you guys want to move on to next? Do you want to talk about the Rise Against album? Sure thing. Yeah, yeah. Johnny, what did you think? It's alright. It's not really my kind of music, but a few songs were right in it, so I think it's um, it's the sort of band that I like in moderation rather than as an album. Listening to it, like more go, if you know what I mean. Like yeah, my old housemate Danny, he used to he really likes them, so he used to play the odd song, and um, I liked some of the ones he's played before. Intro slash chamber the cartridge. I thought it was a good opening song. It was pretty catchy, and um, the energy was cool. Like I think they'd be. Like Danny showed me a few live clips, I reckon that'd be awesome to see live. That song has the uh, the classic Brandon Barnes uh, Rise Against a Drum Beat. They use that drum beat on like, I want to say like half their songs. Oh, really? They got like yeah. a signature, signature drum beat. Yeah, Injection was all right. But I don't, I'm not asked about when they go screamer. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's my favorite song. It always has been from the album. But the screaming part, I'm always like, eh. yeah. Yeah, it's very familiar. Um, so I think I've heard it at rock bars and stuff before because, yeah, it's, it, or maybe Danny played it a few times because it definitely rang a bell. But yeah, I liked it other than that. That screaming part was a bit, a bit annoying. against I don't know how I feel about I, I feel and this is purely a poor reflection on me than it is rise against but I internally slightly cringe with rise against the, the, I'm, I think if I got into them when I was in year eight I would love them but I didn't and so I don't <laughs> <laughs> so, were there any uh, any songs that uh, stuck out for you? There were some that were slightly different from the other ones, which is saying something for Rise Against. Uh, <laughs> the ones that were slightly different 
the approaching curve was a bit different. So yeah, the approaching curve has that weird spoken word thing. That's a song that I've liked more and more over the years. And something I actually just recently noticed about that one is, so Rise Against the Beat almost always plays fast in 4-4 time. But that song actually has three different time signatures. The verse is in 4-4. The chorus, it goes to 6-8, so kind of like a swing, uh, swing section. And the way it even transitions oh. is by, it starts to play triplets and slow down, and then those triplets become the new beat, which is cool. And the bridge, they go to 6-4, which is kind of uh, actually pretty uncommon. Still not selling it, mate. I, I just there's something about it. I don't know what it is that slightly annoys me. I can't put my finger on it. it they they make me think of some forty one, but in a way they they would they would want to think they're self superior to some forty one, and they're not. They're very similar, and that's my feeling towards it. Yeah, they're definitely along the same lines as some forty one. Yeah, you said roadside was a bit different. That one's very different. There's actually a cool interesting acoustic um, version of that song you can find on YouTube that has actually some really interesting guitar work <laughs> not just chords to sing didn't expect Matt to like this album as much I thought you might find some things interesting in it Johnny uh, I really like the ending for Good Left Undone that was cool and then it, it blended so well into Survive the next track and um, that's one thing I, I noticed and liked about it when I, I was listened out for that when I, when I did my playthroughs yeah, the, the Good Love Undone has some of the, my favorite vocals in it, especially in the uh, the second pre-chorus. I think that's like my favorite vocal delivery. Like I... I love the guy's voice, Tim McElrath. However, over the years, it has it does not sound the same, especially live. Like right after this album, his voice started changing uh, for the worse, unfortunately. I think at this point, it was at like its peak. He's the one that you've shown me before who the acoustic stuff, like un- Untitled Song or what? Yes. Was- yeah, there's a song on YouTube of him playing one that he wrote just solo by himself. I think it's like unknown song if you search on YouTube, Tim McElrath. And that's like one of my favorite songs like ever and no one knows anything about it like it, there's no studio recording of it but i love it yeah i can vouch for that zach has shown me and it, it is very good and fries again stunt your thing like uh like Armando. Like, you, you might actually like it matt it's very different to their music it's, it's good to have a bit of variety it's not that i don't
Absolutely. It's the sort of album this that I can see if you're into that type of music that is really good and you'd be really into it. But yeah, yeah, it's not really my cup of tea as a whole. They're more recent albums. They actually even put one out this fall, and I, I listened to it a few times. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good, but just nothing really stuck from it. So I, I wonder if I was like, if like ten years ago, or like fifteen years ago, if they were putting out the stuff they're putting out now, I would have been into it, or I would have also been like, this is a little bland because I'm, I'm starting to like lose interest a little bit in some of their their newer music, especially how, as you said, Matt, like a lot of the songs are very samey, and yeah, starting from the starting from the next album. Almost all their albums sound the same, have a very similar vibe going on. And one of the things I like more about bands is that you can, like, if you put on one album, you can tell what album it is right away. Because that whole album has yeah. a theme, and that's mm. not Rise Against. Yeah, they're, that's, they're not that at all. They, they, they have their signature sound, which isn't that signature. Cause, so you're yeah. wondering, Zach, if, um, if like the nostalgia is sort of affecting of, of it. Well, I mean, I do think that this album is a good album. Like, I kind of listened to it a few times thinking, I'll give it to you. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think that there's actually some really good melodies in, in the album. There's some good dynamics. Some of the, the choruses, I think, are pretty good. Pretty, like, strong anthemic. Like, the chorus in, um, in Worth Dying For, I think it kind of slows down a bit. And it's not, so it's not too, uh, like, intense. Kind of doesn't, it doesn't just rely on being fast and powerful and, and like, fast and heavy. It also just relies on, like, the actual underlying melody. seen them live i have yeah a few times i imagine um, they're big live, live yeah energy. they're yeah they're great yeah great energy they're very good live but it, it's kind of one of those things where you if you watch a video of them live you're like oh the, the singing doesn't sound that great and especially the background the backing vocals so they changed right when this album came out this album was recorded with chris chase on guitar who was actually a pretty good singer and so his background vocals were very on key but then they switched to a new guitar player, Zach Blair, like right when they were touring this album. His background vocals are not on key, unfortunately. And the bass player is also not on key. If you watch anything post like 2006, the sound is not as good as before that. And I, I attribute it to Chris Chase leaving the band. But when you're there live, it's so heavy and it's so like strong that you almost don't notice it. You go to the show live and you're like, this is so good. But then you get, you get back and you watch the recordings. You're like, oh, it doesn't sound that good. Sometimes where, like it doesn't like translate well, even with like professional filming at the gigs. Like I always thought, Alt J when I'd seen their live performances, I thought they didn't sound that good. But then when I saw them live, they actually sounded amazing. All the the, the acoustics are tuned to the audience, not to the uh, not to the cameras. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's what I think, yeah. and they they've got loads of distortion in their music as well, which will affect the mic pickups. For- you know what I was wondered is you know if you go see a show. Before like the main act comes on, they'll do a sound check, and so like you know, all the the, the yeah. technicians will come on and like play the guitar a bit, then the drums. And I'm almost like, what were they doing before? They come before, they set up, they do a sound check. Why do they have to do another one? Why can't they just keep the same levels? The crowd. Yeah, so I think the audience changes the acoustics of the uh, the whole hall, and so they kind of yeah. violate it a little bit, and then they have to adjust it again. Yeah, of course, because the crowd make noise. Yeah, and also the mixing will will likely be different for um, the support band that were on before. 
Well, yeah, but you think they'll just, you know, the, you know, my setting is on seven, your setting is on six or something. But yeah, no, they, um, like the crowd changes the acoustics of the place, the venue. In this Rise Against Dawn in particular, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, it kind of like scratches a particular itch for me, kind of like, well, if, if that makes sense. It's like this album hits in a way that other albums don't. I just kind of like the, uh, the vocals and the, the pace of the album compared to other other heavy albums. But I agree. Um, I've never really been a fan of the screaming. That's always been like a step too far for me. Anyway, Johnny, do you want to move on to your Portugal Man album? Yeah, in a sec. Um, I was just thinking, I'm seeing my cousin's band in a couple of weeks. I can ask them. They're playing a decent-sized venue in Manchester. They're playing Gorilla Matt. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll ask him because obviously that's a decent-sized venue, so... Yeah. Is it is it is it so, bad that I'm in the point of my life now that when you say the venue, my immediate thought is what's on the menu? Truffle chips is on the menu at the griller, so you can get chips covered in truffle oil. Yeah, and they're brilliant. Yeah, there's like there's um it's a restaurant up front and then a bar out back underneath the railway tracks. All the more reason to go uh, to go see the band is the truffle chips. Yeah. Truffle chips. If you get some chips, you had a bit of truffle. You're onto a winner. I brought back some stuff from Abu Dhabi: a few coca noodles and uh, a, a curry, curry cheese powder. Did you get a curry cheese? The what? The cheese. No, I can't remember what it was called. A curry, man. You should have said cheese. <laughs> you can keep saying it, that, but it's not happening. <laughs> I did. I messaged you. A curry was- cheese. Yeah, but that was before I went. That's when you should be messaging. No, when you're there. Mate, I, I was, you know, actually, I, I lived in a dream that I was in a world where my friend Johnny was bringing me a curry cheese and that I could make... Amazon, bro. There's an Amazon delivery driver or there's Johnny Cooper. Who would I rather deliver my cheese? And it's you all day long, my friend. Yeah, but I, I don't know what the rule is about bringing dairy products into the UK. It's all good. There's no you know, way that was the reason why you didn't bring the cheese because you were scared you get yeah. like busted no, by the Sorry, son, have you got some cheese in your suitcase? Get out. No, you'd be fine. I'm not going to arrest you. Uh, All right, Johnny, tell us about Portugal, the man in the mountain yeah. in the cloud from 2011. Uh, this is the first album that got me into them. I believe track three got it all was on FIFA. And um, I liked it, so I checked out the album and I really liked it and I've been a fan of the band ever since. What's your favourite song from it? I don't know. It's one of those albums where I like every track. Uh, Sleep Forever is a great ender for an album. It is. You're right. I actually have that in my notes as well, that it is like the quintessential album closer. Just It kind of builds, sets a cool atmosphere. And Sleep, I guess, is like a good ending thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the way it builds up and then 
it's got so much going on as well and like across the album but in that song particularly with the like all the strings behind it and stuff and then uh, leading into the guitar solo Light, uh, I really like as well. Um, that's got a really twisted music video about aliens and like zombies. And um, is that the one with the guy from It's Always Sunny? Is there any in Portugal the man thing? I'm not sure, they're good friends with them, yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me, but I can't remember. Yeah, that song's actually probably my favorite on the album. It's kind of like almost kind of badass. It's like it's he almost raps in it. And there's like some cool call and response vocals going on and it's got this really good driving beat to it. So that was probably my favorite one. Yeah, no, it's a very good one. Yeah. So, what did you guys like or dislike about it? Do you know what the FIFA song? Because I've really had to re-listen to it this week. Because to be honest, it may be nostalgic. So it was that one that was my favourite. Things I disliked is that I found myself forgetting it, which is not good. I don't know why that is. I also like the song a lot. I thought there was kind of a theme to the album that. There were a lot of, it did something I, did, I didn't like a lot of times where the verse will set up a really good feel and a really good like beat. And then the chorus kind of just changes and is kind of like meek and generic in comparison. Mm. Like, so many songs, I'm really enjoying them. And then the chorus comes in, it feels almost funny. Have you were saying like some, I can't remember who it was. You said had some songs that were like Disney songs. I think Phoebe Bridges. I thought some of the choruses were a little Disney-esque as well, but I did like it. And lots of the melodies were very, uh, catchy but different kind of something i'm talking about how they have a really good feel is the song head is a flame that song's like all about the feel and they have these like gaps in the vocal delivery just to let the space you know let you kind of enjoy the space and the chorus in that song is quite different i think i think the chorus has a secondary dominant i noticed as the third chord to create some kind of cool tension in the chorus
other songs I thought didn't really go anywhere, like Senseless. I thought that one didn't really go anywhere. Mm. I also like Gotta All, the verse. There's a cool contrast between some of the vocals being belted out more. And then like the, the next line would be kind of more hushed. But again, I thought the chorus was a bit bland. And I think that's kind of a theme for the album is that cool verse followed by blander chorus. The song you showed me, remember, um, Noise Pollution. I was kind of hoping it would be more like that. But it, uh, they, it they, kind they, of seems like they progressed to that. For every album. So yeah, they, they've not done stuff like that before. I think if that's where they are now, then they've progressed in a good direction. Their, set, their follow-up album, I mean, that was like their sixth or something. Their follow-up album was Evil Friends that was produced by Danger Mouse. And that's um, that's a straight-up Garage Rock album. Okay. Full of like heavy, heavy and distorted riffs. And then the album following that is based on a festival where it's every song's got a different kind of genre. Sorry, Sorry for eating my potatoes. I oh, wouldn't worry. We're just doing a uh, end of our uh, club. Right. We're talking about potatoes. We are talking about potatoes. My, I think it was a good album, if not a bit. It didn't influence me in any way. I don't know. I did. I, did, I couldn't remember all of it. Uh, I couldn't remember most of it, and I had to remind myself of it. It was a good album when I rediscover it, which is kind of maybe a good thing in a weird way because you kind of always have to rediscover it quite nice it's definitely easy to get into i thought yeah i think it's it's quite old timey like it's based on like old psychedelic and glam rock from like the the 60s 70s and it's like the old old feel to it all right should we uh should we announce what's next take it away go for it mate hey guys zach here just jumping in post-production so i think it is time for us to release the very first podcast that we recorded. I've alluded to it once before, twice maybe. So this is going to be um, going back to the show and tell round. We're going to skip a new album and a new classic, although we do have those um, already selected. However, the three albums that we're going to assign next are, I will list them now. So Matt suggested an album called Compliments by Jerry Garcia from 1974. So this was a uh, an album by Jerry Garcia, his second solo album in 1974, and it is all covers. And I think that we enjoyed it quite a lot, actually. Then the album that I suggested is one of my all-time favorite albums, and this is an album called Beggars, and it is by the band Thrice. <laughs> Just funny when I remember when we, when we were talking about this album the song In Exile, I said the ending sounded a bit Coldplay. And while I do think that it is a bit Coldplay, I didn't mean that in a bad way. I actually love Coldplay, and I think that we all do. I just meant more that it was more in that arena rock vibe, and I thought it didn't go as well in the song. But I just wanted to clarify, because that's been annoying me for a while. But anyway, so that one is Beggars by Thrice, Compliments by Jerry Garcia, and the one that Johnny suggested 
is by an Australian band called Gang of Youths. And the album is called Go Farther in Lightness. And that's from 2017. So Go Farther in Lightness by Gang of Youths. Now, just a quick disclaimer. This being our first podcast, it took us a while to hit our stride. So I think that the first 15 minutes or so of the podcast, we're kind of still deciding what it's going to be. And I was also editing it a bit differently back then. However, I think it's definitely worth listening to. Um, I think that you'll see that as the podcast goes on, we kind of loosen up a bit and find out how we're going to do this. And I think that it becomes a, a definitely worthwhile discussion to listen to, especially for the, uh, the Beggars album. And then by the time we reach Johnny's album, Go Farther in Lightness, I think we've all, we're all chiming in with some interesting opinions. So, yep, those are the three. And then uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Bye-bye.